This week on The Accidental Lawyer, we will talk about something called voluntary removal from the labor market. It is so important and so tricky. You need to know it's coming and when to take action. We will lay it all out for you. Welcome to The Accidental Lawyer. Last time on The Accidental Lawyer, Joe's doctor testified that while he was totally disabled from his job, he was only partially disabled from all work. So Joe was told he had to look for work. So Joe has been told he must now look for work. He is not happy. He didn't want a work injury. Certainly, he didn't want such a severe work injury. But yet, he was injured at work severely. He was then terminated because he was so severely injured he couldn't return. And now they were telling him that he had to look for work in order to continue with his benefits. What does looking for work entail? Well, there is a lot of case law on this issue, and the case law changes frequently. Using the hypothetical of Joe, though, we will go over what is required presently. In other words, what Joe has to do to prove he is earnestly seeking a job so his workers' compensation benefits will continue. And you must be earnestly seeking a job for benefits to continue. Joe cannot simply walk down to Main Street with his cane and poke his head in a few doors and ask if they're hiring. That will not be sufficient, and Joe will find his benefits suspended by the judge if he relies on that tactic. What Joe must do is threefold. Enroll with Vested, go to One Stop, and perform an independent work search. And all three steps will be taking place at the same time. First, we'll talk about Vested. What is it? Vested is a state agency that helps people like Joe, workers injured, and unable to return to past employment, get assessed and retrained for new positions within their capabilities. If you're enrolled with VESID, your odds of passing the work search test are immeasurably improved. The problem is VESID is a state agency. And as a state agency, they are backed up and they are slow to respond. So Joe will really have to make sure he is on VESID to get the retraining he may need. In other words, Joe is going to have to follow up repeatedly with VESID to keep them on task. Joe will also need to promptly complete any forms they send him, as well as follow up weekly on the status of his file there. These types of activity should also be placed on Joe's work search form. It will show that Joe has diligently followed up with Bessid to try and move along his work search and possible retraining. The work search forms can be found at the board's website. The forms themselves don't make a lot of sense. They only provide for three to four work searches per page, yet the board requires a lot more than that to show a sufficient work search. So I recommend that you use the forms, but if you're in a hurry or you're performing a lot of work searches at one time, 
use a spiral notebook and complete that. You would record every phone call you make, every follow-up, and every application you submit. You would also record the interviews there and the follow-up phone calls following the interviews. So Joe has applied for vested retraining. Joe can't then just sit back and rest on his laurels, though. Just enrolling with Vested may not be enough. Again, there's varying case law on this, but our office always takes the safest approach. If you are found to have an insufficient work search, your benefits are suspended and are exceptionally difficult to get back. You may never get those benefits back. If you follow the safest approach, that won't happen. The safest approach is to enroll with VESID, go to one stop three times per week, and perform an independent work search. Sounds like a lot of work. I know. But necessary to continue those much-needed benefits used to pay the bills. One-stop centers like VESID are state-run through the New York State Department of Labor. You can go directly to the New York State Department of Labor's website and find out where a one-stop center is near you. The one-stop centers, unlike VESID, are not appointment-driven agencies, so they are open for walk-ins during business hours. As such, an injured worker can simply walk into one-stop at whatever time is convenient to that worker, three times per week, and get help with their resume or job search. So Joe, after applying for VASIT, has to then immediately prepare his resume with the help of the Labor Department's one-stop center, and then he would also go to one-stop for help in getting that resume out to potential employers. Joe has to make sure that when he is submitting his applications through one-stop to potential employers, that he has proof that his application was submitted and received. The third thing Joe must do simultaneously to applying for jobs through OneStop and enrolling in VESID is to perform an independent work search. He must apply to any job that is hiring in his location for a job that he can both do physically as well as meeting all the other qualifications, such as having a high school degree or a college degree, etc. The place where Joe applies must be hiring. He cannot just list a bunch of employers and then say, I looked at these places, but none of them were hiring. The employers must be hiring. If Joe submits a work search that shows that he submitted applications and followed up in the places we're not hiring, it will not count. He will have no work search to submit. Joe can look on his own using monster.com or indeed.com or even Craigslist or another work search site. Any jobs that Joe applies to, though, he must prove he applied. So Joe must print out the proof he receives back from these sites. In other words, he must print proof his application and or his resume was received. If he doesn't print it, and he doesn't have that proof, the applications do not count at all. A complete waste of time. So Joe has to make sure he can print proof. 
as Joe does not have a printer at home, Joe will have to file his job applications at the library and print the proof out there at the local library. And he must apply to jobs at employers who are hiring every single week until he is either hired or permanency is found for his injuries. The statute provides that while you must be looking for work at the time of permanency, after your injuries are deemed permanent by the judge, and that is key, you no longer have to look. Joe's injuries have not yet been deemed permanent, and the issue of voluntary retirement from the labor market has been raised, so Joe must look for work. If Joe's doctor says his injuries are permanent, but it has not yet been found by a judge at the Workers' Compensation Board, Joe must continue to seek work. If Joe says, like many other injured workers often do, who is going to hire me? and then fails to look for work, Joe is not entitled to his weekly benefits anymore. They will stop. It is as simple as that. So many claimants get caught up on the rejection portion of this. And I get it. There's a ton of rejection. Job application after job application rejected. Joe may not get hired, especially when he walks into an interview with his cane. However, getting hired is fortunately not the burden of the claimant. Looking to get hired is. So what is important for you to understand is that Joe must prove he has put in effort and has diligently looked for a job within his restrictions. The good news here is that you do not have to prove you found a job, only that you worked hard to find one. I tell my claimants it's like Your job is to look for work in order to get paid by the workers' compensation carrier. So getting hired and finding an actual job that will take you on with all of your physical disabilities and issues is not a necessity. Just looking for that job is. Likewise, if Joe says, I cannot look for work because my doctor never gave me my restrictions, Joe will do that at his peril. Failure to look for work because you do not know what your restrictions are will result in your benefits being terminated, period. Joe needs to call his doctor up if that is the case and ask the doctor to tell him what his restrictions are so that he can look for work within those restrictions. Even better, at the next visit, Joe should ask his doctor to put the restrictions in writing. Restrictions can be for the amount of weight Joe could lift, for instance, no more than 10 pounds occasionally, or it could be for sitting and standing time parameters. For instance, Joe can stand no longer than 30 minutes and sit for no longer than 15 minutes. The doctor can also set parameters for full-time or part-time work. In other words, the doctor could say he only wants Joe to work five hours per day, five days per week. The doctor will set the restrictions based on the particular injuries in the claim. Having those restrictions in hand also makes it a little easier when you're in court testifying about your work search and you are asked, why did you only look for jobs with this lifting restriction? You can say, here is where my doctor said that I had to restrict my work search to jobs within these restrictions. 
So to recap, Joe is going to call Vesed and get enrolled. Joe is going to drive down to the closest one stop three times per week and spend some time there looking for jobs. And Joe is going to surf Indeed.com, Monster.com, and maybe even Craigslist to see what other jobs are available and apply to those. He's also going to keep track of every single application and have proof in hand by writing down the date and time of every follow-up call to the employer and Vesid, including the person he spoke with. And he's also going to follow up on every lead and job interview and denote those in his record. He's going to print out proof of every application that's been submitted. He cannot turn down work offered to him. And in no circumstance should Joe list a place where he claims he applied for work when he did it. This is another reason why proof that the application was received is so important. Because the board will find fraud where an individual lists employers that they have applied to. And investigators go out and they ask the employers if they have that application on file or if they received that application. And the employer says no, that could be fraud. If you have proof that you applied there and the employer says no, then your proof will suffice to show you, in fact, applied there and the application was received. We're going to deal with fraud in an upcoming episode, but trust me, fraud is not good. Do not exaggerate your work search at all. So, Joe contacts Vesid, and he goes to One Stop, and he does his own work search. Eventually, Vesid steers him to some schooling so he can be retrained. Joe starts attending classes full-time at the local university that fall. Guess what? Joe does not have to look for work while he is enrolled in school full-time. Over the summer, unless he is in class full-time, he would again have to look for work for that brief period of time. But as soon as he would return to school again in the fall full-time, he could cease his work search again. The way Joe would prove that he's enrolled at school full-time would be a copy of the registrar's proof of the classes he's enrolled in and that they have received payment for same. As long as Joe follows these rules, his work search will help ensure his benefits continue. Even though it's difficult for Joe to do so, And it often makes claimants extremely angry to be told they have to look for work. I would explain it to them this way. The board, through case law and other actions, has essentially said, we are not a retirement system. And the system is not to be used as a retirement system. So the only way to figure out who's using it as a retirement system And who is using it because they really need it is to ask claimants to submit proof that they're looking if they're able to work. It's as simple as that. So again, it's much easier to put in that work search than to have your benefits cut off and try to get those benefits going again. Next time on The Accidental Lawyer, we will address permanency and we'll find out how Joe goes about getting classified and capped. What does loss of wage earning capacity mean? Tune in next time.
This podcast in no way is meant to be legal advice to you and your specific injury or situation. The purpose of this podcast is simply to give a hypothetical and a general overview of the workers' compensation system in a simplified way as it stands currently in New York State. I recommend that you contact your attorney to discuss the specific facts of your claim.